You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels and Sin City Steve here for the Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. Uh, today happens to be the birthday of our very own DJ Impact, so he is celebrating it with his family. We, of course, wanted to do something special for him, so we went out, we found the uh, most, I guess, the newest pair, uh, you know, the newest line of fuzzy white slippers. Uh, we got this really high end, about 60 bucks a pair. Uh, we, we got them uh, actually two pairs, uh, but we wanted to make it special. So we actually wrapped up Simon Street in a box. And we believe, uh, I don't know if DJ went out with his family, but we believe no one is home yet. And uh, we have him uh, wrapped up waiting outside DJ's front door. Uh, we just hope that he uh, makes it through this. We kind of forgot to uh, put uh, breathing holes, air holes in Ooh. the box. So uh, that that we didn't think ahead there, but it's the thought that counts. So, and uh, with that, we're going to get right into this week's uh, <laughs> this week's four way stop on what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> All right, Steve, what did you see this week that caught your eye? All right, so Darby Allen is still your AEW TNT champion after successfully defending against Kushida, of all people, in an open challenge match on Dynamite. It was a very good match. Um, quite frankly, it was one that I didn't know that I wanted to see until it was announced. Um, and quite frankly, these guys delivered. Um, it, was, it was a hot show all night. Uh, crowd was into everything. And this match was no exception. Uh, solid back and forth match. Uh, Darby Allen picks up the win and retains, as I had mentioned. Uh, also, Orange Cassidy is still your AEW All Atlantic champion after defending against Jay Lethal, DJ Impact's boy, of course. Um, these guys leaned into the funny, and while some of the uh, the antics in the match were meme worthy, most notably uh, Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh having to walk down the entire flight of stairs from the upper deck. I, that had to be a rib. Like, it, yeah. Anyway, um, they booted people out of their seats. They booted people out of their seats, took their seats, and then lo and behold, Chuck Taylor, Trent, they just so happened to have seats right next to them. So, you know, they leaned into the funny with that stuff. At one point, uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett swung his guitar, Dan Housen stole it, and... Uh, thus provided some memory because you got everywhere acting like as if he's the lead vocalist and ghost playing a guitar. I mean, it was, it was great. Um, solid match. Orange Cassidy retains. 
And then uh, elsewhere, um, Soraya and Tony Storm turned heel on Dynamite on Willow Nightingale uh, after Storm beat Nightingale. Um, they were kind of teasing it beforehand, and yeah, they proceeded to beat Willow down post-match and went full-on heel. We'll see where it goes from there. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get to uh, I'll get to it later. Uh, <laughs> I myself uh, found it very amusing about uh, Dominic talking about being in the pen and how the Usos would not be able to last in the pen. <laughs> that was just I mean, it's just gold with that whole yeah. thing that Dominic is this Votto who is a hard art criminal. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. It works. Uh, Saul Ruka uh, versus Alba uh, Fire. Uh, Saul Ruka is, man, she is going to be something else. Uh, look out for her. Uh that she made a great match with Alba Fire, who obviously is a, a very good veteran. Oh, yeah. uh, so great showing for a rookie performer. Uh, Grace and Waller's sit down interview. They did one with Braun too, which, okay, it's Braun, whatever. But Grace and Waller just killed this uh, sit down interview. Really good buildup. Uh, this is going to be the only uh, thing I could say about AEW that uh, was good in the whole week. And that was Rampage. And Jungle Boy's music hit. And Jericho on commentary says, you know what? I don't like Jim Ross is when people come out and people sing along to people's theme songs. <laughs> I hate it. That was it. Yep. That was it. That was the best thing on fucking AEW. Probably within the last, I don't know, three years for me, uh, just brilliant. That was fucking hysterical. And Ross didn't play off of it stupidly. Of course. Which made it work. So, you know, do stuff like that. That's entertaining. All right. What's too sweet? Steve, what do you find uh, a little too sweet this week? All right, so uh, Top Flight got the biggest win of their wrestling careers this week, uh, pinning the Young Bucks clean in the middle of the ring on Dynamite. Uh, very, very solid match. Um, and one thing that I liked is that the announcers did build in that the Bucks were two-thirds of the trio's tag champions, um, thus implying that they weren't at full strength. Um, I, I think that this is something that works completely in the benefit of everybody you can use the young bucks to to put over younger teams like what they did in this situation, because now what's probably going to happen is keep in mind, top flight had a trio with AR Fox. They won a, what seemingly was a meaningless top rope or over the top rope battle Royal. Right. Um, so now you're working evidently toward an elite versus AR Fox and top flight trios match but you also allowed top flight to get the win over the bucks. So it establishes some credibility for those guys gets them over. So really well done on that execution. Um, also Brian Danielson and bandito. That was the best match that I saw on TV all week. I'm leaving it at that. Those guys went out there. They put everything out on the table 
And there was a little something for everybody. You know, there was uh, technical mat wrestling. There were plenty of lucha spots, uh, shows of strength uh, with Bandito with the delayed vertical suplex. Um, there was an awesome chop and strike um, exchange as well. Dude, the match was great. Um, Danielson won in 17 minutes. More of this, please. And also another last second too sweet. Rampage. We got Brian Cage versus Willie Mack on AEW TV. And it was pretty fucking good. Imagine that. I'll talk about stuff in a second. <laughs> I know. Uh, on the flip side, I got to say, uh, man, <clears throat> Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns sitting in a locker room together and Roman just... I mean, you can't play it any better to have Roman so just kind of focused and not looking at anyone and saying the thoughts in his head and Sammy right over his shoulder looking like he is scared shitless, like he's done something wrong, like he is going to cry. It was so fucking perfectly done. Um, you know, they, wrestling doesn't get enough credit for its drama, the stuff they build. And that was done so well. Get out of here. Then you have Heyman talk to Roman. And then Roman calls him back in. And again, talks about his temper. And, you know, he just wants to be loved and respected. And he wants loyalty. That whole time he's saying that, Heyman is literally wiping his eyes in the background. It was amazing. And then you get a KO attack. You know, later on, uh, on Roman during the contract signing that, you know, comes out of nowhere. And then, of course, you know, Sammy gets down there late. So what's going to happen? Actually, they're just building this thing so slowly and, and beautifully. Uh, it's amazing. But the other big thing was, holy shit, the crowd pop for the Firefly Funhouse was unbelievable. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know if they're going to do exactly this idea that fans have been coming up with with the uh, characters from the Fire, Firefly Funhouse. I got a feeling we see in this Lights Out match the start of Eli Drake becoming the first new member of what is now the Wyatt family. Hmm. I think they're going to tie every fucking thing that's ever been done with Bray Ron Wyatt into one giant big fucking thing. So it, it's it's very intriguing because that whole segment was just unbelievably done. So we'll see where we stand in the future with that. And right now, uh, let's see what we got uh, in what the fuck. All right, so Steve, I'll start with my what the fuck, um, and I'll start with the WWE and the SmackDown uh, tournament for the number one contenders for the tag team uh, titles. Sheamus and Drew, what the fuck do you have those guys to, together for and doing this? It, 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 your first round match should not be the Viking Raiders, the team you're trying to fucking build up and make them look like there's something else when they haven't shown 
changed the gimmick at all in four or five years Not and all. just reintroducing the same fucking thing. And then you have them lose to Sheamus and Drew. And you have a bracket that is set up where those two are going to take out, you know, the, the top dollar and, and those guys yeah. pretty, pretty easily, right? Yeah, bro. And then on the other side, you have Imperium going against <laughs> the Bruisers, which was a great match. And now they're going to be going against <laughs> Legata Del Fasmo, which is going to be a great match. And then ultimately, they're going to lose to Sheamus and Drew. Yeah, that's exactly no what's going to happen. Reason. Uh, it's just uh, that that gets me. Um, Daniel Garcia has no charisma. What the fuck, dude? Uh, he needs to learn how to fucking do something. He can wrestle, but he has nothing in terms of the charisma. Sammy Guevara makes him look like he does not belong, you know, on that next level. Uh, I think the Bucks need to be suspended again. Get them off TV. It's just fucking old. Um, I didn't like Soraya and Storm are heels now. Other than the fact that they were beating down Will and Nightingale, which I, you know, totally, I think that's it. I mean, that's a baby face move for you. Yeah, that's a face move at this point. (laughs) But it's like, there was just no... You know, so there was a little tease, but there was no story to it. No reason for these two to turn heel. Uh, I got to say it, though. Curtain jerker Marty McFly debuts in a fucking title match because records count in AEW. And then he fucking loses the match. I don't care that it, it was a good match. But what are they doing? I, this is just continuous. Don't introduce the guy so your fans who, who never saw NXT because you, you remember you were beating them so bad that your fans weren't watching NXT, apparently. They don't know who this guy is. If your fans not a, you know uh, familiar with, with other wrestling. And guy comes out. Match looks good. But he loses, and who is he? So, same kind of problems that they've had for years in, in introducing people. All right, Steve, what do you got? So, one thing really quick that I just do want to mention is something that they did before this match um, that was at least encouraging is they did run a couple of video packages on Kushida. Now, obviously, he's not debuting as a full-time guy. They made it apparent that he is there on a one-shot basis, they had him come out with the the guys from the New Japan Dojo. So um, hopefully, you know, hopefully that's all that that is. And it's just a one shot and it's done. Next week, we're getting Darby versus Buddy Matthews, which should be a pretty damn good match also. But nonetheless, um, we are evidently getting family therapy involving Billy Gunn, the acclaimed and the guns. You know, I really wonder if TK plans on bringing in Dr. Shelby for this shit and just revisits those old vignettes. Or, or get this, think about it. Remember that Scorpio Sky was actually in those vignettes involving Daniel Bryan and Kane in WWE. I mean, they have been looking for something for Scorpio to Sky to do. Have they, though? Have well, they? <laughs> they say that they have been. Anyway. Listen, Kazarian, Kazarian all of a sudden became an impact wrestler out of well, nowhere. I so mean, <laughs> there's that. Um, also hangman page promo with Renee 
you know, the same Renee that's married to John Moxley. Page cuts his promo, says some cryptic shit about mending fences, and then the entire internet's going ape shit thinking that he's talking about CM Punk. No, he's not. I thought that we were going to be getting a more aggressive Hangman Page. Then he injured Mox in storyline and reverts back to being his usual yeah. self. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it's stuff like that. that and again, um, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is, listen, no one can no one can argue the ability of the wrestlers. No right. one, right? But the thing is, in terms of coherency of keeping things so that, you know, you, you, you always used to say you like continuity. And what we're seeing here, and again, it wasn't just Kushida this week, but it was Willie fucking Mack and Brian Cage have a good match, but Willie Mack debuts at 0-1 off of a dark match, and, and you clearly put that there. So I'm going, well, why do I think that he is going to beat Brian Cage? You know? And then to top it off, we get this weird asinine shit with MJF now paying Brian Cage to take out Danielson. It It's just convoluted, especially because you have a manager with those guys who is probably one of the worst managers in the history of fucking wrestling. Honestly. You're not a Prince Nana fan? Uh, I... No, in fact, it until you said the last name, I just thought his name was Prince Jeez. because that's but that's how like it's just like he's there and he doesn't really do anything. And that whole time he's he stood there, he wasn't part of it except for taking the envelope and putting it in his fucking jacket, taking the money, man. Yeah, where's his tag team? Where's the fucking stable? <laughs> it's like it just makes no sense, but. You know, we, we can bitch a little extra today because uh, we're two guys down. So, hey, well, there you go. Um, but, you know, it's it, it may be that, you know, if things could be solved on that end of a creative sense, then you could possibly pick up steam and go after a bigger base that isn't just the people who already watch it. And, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that is at least smart that they're doing with this upcoming match with Cage is they're putting a, a heel in there against Brian Danielson. Mm -hmm. The previous two matches, it, it defied logic because right. you're putting two baby faces in there, Takeshita and Bandito. And of course, both of those matches were fucking fire, but yeah. you, you don't buy into the heel baby face dynamic. So the reaction isn't as high as what it could be if you were just playing up traditional pro wrestling archetypes. So, right. you know, obviously there are several more weeks to go after this. So let's just hope that, you know, they continue down the path of putting Danielson in there with heels so that, you know, things are, have a little bit more continuity. And I, you know, I think they put themselves in a bad spot. And that is this, you do this buildup, but you just put the belt on MJF. You're trying, I would assume, to build him as 
your company guy, your big top heel. Yep. And now you're putting him against one of the top baby faces in the industry. Bingo. Who is well known and should have had the belt a long time ago instead of Moxley fucking taking it again, put it on Danielson, right? Because I, I, I agree with that. I, I call I called for that when those two wrestled for that. Yeah. yeah, for that title match. Throw it on Danielson, but whatever. Yeah, because because that makes sense. He's the he's the recognizable face who you know got established through WWE and people know even more than Moxley, you know. Yeah. Um, and and again, because his wife was on a very successful you know, reality show that he then was a part of. So, you know, now you build this up and if he doesn't win that belt, then what? It's just like, now you're back to square zero. Oh, we'll do the match again. And then we'll do the, the blow off of it. Well, if he doesn't win this title and they do three matches, then we've just wasted four to six months. So, yeah. All right. Let's get to the lookout. All right, Steve, what are you looking out for? So a couple of things, actually. Uh, Predictably, Eddie Kingston turned heel on Ortiz this past week on Rampage. Only, you know, three months too late. Anyway, uh, regardless of the timing, uh, hopefully we get to see Eddie raising some hell on TV with a little bit more of an edge. Uh, as a heel character, he's been a babyface almost since, you know, from the beginning. Uh, he debuted initially as a heel, but the crowd instantly loved him and they, you know, had that really weird kind of start to uh, his time in AEW. But since then, he's been a babyface. Now, let him run full on heel. Uh, he had gotten stale in his previous role, and I, I really think that he can bring a lot and a different dimension to his character and to the show as a whole. Uh, also, yeah, the uh, this this program that they're running with Action Andretti, with Daniel Garcia, with Sammy Guevara, I I need I need to know like what what the end game is. You got Ricky Starks in there as well, and you know I I really I was toying with whether or not to include this in the last segment, but you know I really am looking forward to any kind of wrinkles that they will introduce into this feud because. Chris Jericho is heavily involved in this feud. We haven't seen Chris Jericho be involved in any terrible angles or lackluster angles, quite frankly. If he is willing to sign his name off on, you know, on the line that he's going to be involved, there's got to be something good that comes as a result of it. I need to see the payoff for this shit. Yes, we've built up Action Andretti, but we need another wrinkle, and that's what I'm looking forward to, looking out for. You know, I do I do disagree, though. I have to say that Jericho now has had something that he's associated with that is absolutely fucking horrible, and that is J- Jake Hager wrestling in that purple fucking bucket hat during a match. What the fuck is going on with that? He likes the hat. Jesus Christ. The hat comes off. They go to the commercial, and during picture-on-picture... He takes the time to put the hat back on. What? What is this, man? Yeah. God, Dude, there's the, the the funny thing is, like, if you see photos of people in the sections in the arena, 
the hat is starting to catch on. Like people are actually buying purple bucket hats and wearing them to AEW shows. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, people are also putting their fingers out and fucking sticking them into each other's fucking crevices and scissoring each other. So, Ooh. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I am looking uh, out for a couple things here. Uh, stacks is finally going to be a made man. Uh, very interesting that they finally are kind of recognizing the fact that this kid has actually done a lot this year and now kind of trying to introduce them into a bigger role. Maybe we see them as a tag team now, okay. uh, possibly, or maybe, you know, now an underling comes in that becomes stacks, you know, kind of his, uh, you know, guy to develop. Um, Please, please, please. Uh, only two weeks of promo so far, and I want to see more Stevie Turner. Wow. Uh, the, she is just phenomenal in the way he, you did a fucking recap of a show of a, of a battle royal, and it was actually entertaining to listen to this recap without just having a, a basic recap and she's she's a great wrestler so it's gonna be interesting to see T tyler Bate gonna be full-time nxt that's exciting man that's oh, yeah. exciting and then this toxic attraction starting the split thing is gonna be interesting to see if they pull the trigger uh because what do you do with them do you bring them up or do you have them go singles for a while um it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting. Uh, it, yeah, I, I I just I like the fact that those two seem to, you know, someone's going to screw someone mm -hmm. in this match. That's gonna obviously cost you know Roxanne will retain um, wrestling one on one. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All right. We're going to get to the final segment here. What was the best in show this week? All right, Steve, what's your best in show for the week? Best in show was AEW Dynamite. Um, very, very solid stuff from top to bottom. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned that the Orange Cassidy match had a little something for everybody. This show itself had a little something for everybody. You had the, the comic relief. You had the promos. You had some angle building. You had a great fucking match. Um, and you had a, an, an open challenge main event. Um, I think that it was extremely well done from top to bottom. And uh, yeah, I, it, I know that it's repetitive and I get it. But I legitimately thought that Dynamite was the best show on TV this week. Uh, yeah, and I'll counter with SmackDown. Uh, you know, just not only did you have two huge things going on, but you also had wonderful uh, buildup with Charlotte and Sonya. Um, th there's just a lot going on there. The, the tag tournament, even though it's booked stupidly, um, you still had good matches. Uh, so that was great. But let's face it, the best in show this week is the Jacksonville Jaguars losing their game and getting eliminated from the playoffs. I am so glad that that little shit is a fucking loser as he <laughs> should be 
cry, you little fucking coked up baby. Enjoy the off season because uh, you guys are uh, probably, you know, headed back to uh, mediocrity uh, come next season. So uh, let's see those memes of crying Tony Khan, please. That's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Well, that's that's it. That's how we're going to end it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we will be back here in a second with three count for this week. If you're listening on the podcast, you can uh, catch three count on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, uh, just uh, be aware that uh, if you're in Las Vegas uh, this coming Sunday, the 29th, FSW is presenting No Escape at uh, the uh, Silver Nuggets at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can also catch it on Fight TV if you're not in town. And it uh, should be some good stuff. There's going to be, I believe, three or four cage matches. Uh, so and some some other good uh, matches that are set up. So go out and see that. And remember, uh, we do have Impact Wrestling coming in in February, and uh, we're going to have uh, the SmackDown taping at MGM, well, not taping, but live broadcast at the MGM Grand, uh, I believe, in March, right before WrestleMania. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here in Vegas. And everyone, thank you for tuning in this week. And until next time, happy wrestling. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.